This is exciting. We together have been waiting for this day for four months, and the wait is finally over. Last Sunday, I came into the office about 2.30 to get ahead on some work. I wanted in particular to get ahead on my sermon prep, and so I piled my commentaries on my desk and started to read the scripture and react to it and take notes, but about five minutes in, I found myself blankly staring at the wall of books across my desk. I was enraptured by this one thought. I can't believe I'm here. Mulberry has been a part of me in some ways for a long time. When we lived on Highland Terrace behind the medical center, we would regularly walk down here with Jackson so he could walk the labyrinth or, as he put it when he was four years old, so he could run the maze. In my first appointment, the churches there didn't want to have a Christmas Eve service, so we came here. I've long been impressed with this church's history, founding the Georgia Conference, playing host to numerous annual conferences and services of ordination, living large in the memory and affection of the South Georgia Annual Conference. In some ways, even standing in this pulpit today, I still can't quite believe that I'm here. But here I am, ready to begin the work that is before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So let us begin the work that is before us, but with a reading of our scripture. Psalms 42 and 43 used to be one psalm together, so I'll be continuing what Ella began, reading the end of that psalm, which we know today as Psalm 43. Vindicate me, O God, and defend against my cause, against an ungodly people who are deceitful and unjust. Deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you cast me off? Why must I walk about mournfully because of the oppression of the enemy? O oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. And I will praise you with the harp, O oh God, my God. Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'm a modest runner, running about 10 miles a week. It's good for my body, it's good for my soul, and it's good for my mind. In fact, running is thinking time. I always have music going, usually a running playlist that's a mix of classic rock and 90s alternative and punk, but sometimes I use my worship playlist. On one particular day, not long after Mulberry was first discussed with me as a potential appointment, I heard Simple Gifts, the version that Millie put on Facebook on Friday by Yo-Yo Ma and Alison Krauss, and what you heard Katie sing beautifully in our call to worship. I heard that come over my headphones. It's not exactly running music, but I found myself captivated by the lyrics. They spoke to me in some way about Mulberry. 
I couldn't help but think of this church as I heard those words. Let's hear them again as printed in your bulletin. Tis a gift to be simple. Tis a gift to be free. Tis a gift to come down where you ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, we'll be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained to bow and to bend, we will not be ashamed. To turn, turn, will be our delight. Till by turning, turning, we come round right. And since I first, <clears throat> first heard that a couple of years ago, I have continued to think of Mulberry. Even through moments where I thought I would never be appointed here, even when this appointment seemed destined for someone else and never for me, I still found God speaking to me about this church through those lyrics. And so when I found out that the longing of my heart would be fulfilled and I would be appointed here, I turned back to those lyrics, prayerfully asking God what message God sought to communicate to us as a church. And here's what I heard. Practice simplicity, meaning focus on the mission, be authentic in doing so, and trust God with the rest. Focus on the mission, be authentic in doing so, and trust God with the rest. It sounds simple enough, maybe even sweet, maybe even profound. And yet my brain, always thinking and active, would quickly say to itself after hearing that message, but, but there's great complexity. But there are significant challenges facing this church and churches everywhere. We don't live in a simple time. We live in a complex time. And indeed, we as a church face a complex set of challenges. We live and move and have our being in a world of great and growing complexity. All we need to do is read the news to keep up with what's happening in the world and in our country and in our state to know that. The church has a word to speak into that complexity, but it often seems drowned out by all the competing voices. And with diminishing numbers, it's harder and harder to be heard. Speaking of diminishing numbers, we face the decline of churches all across the country. The only denomination currently growing in the United States is the Catholic Church. The United Methodist Church is declining less rapidly than others, but still declining. Then, our own denomination faces division. There's great complexity and emotion around that issue, but suffice to say for now that many churches, like many people in secular politics, feel caught in the middle, wishing we could all just get along. Then there's recovery from the scourge of COVID. Some of us are still recovering physically from bouts with it, but every church is still struggling to recover in finance and attendance from COVID. Some are faring better than others, but it is a rare church that is doing as well or better now than it was in early 2020. We live in a complex world, in a complex time, 
facing complex challenges that are common to every church and to every United Methodist church. It's enough to make us turn, turn, as Simple Gift says, sometimes even to bow and bend in humility, having been humbled by defeat in the face of these challenges. The song says we will come round right, but what guarantee do we have of that? So often it's so hard to see in the middle of these complexities how we will find our way forward. These challenges would be enough, and yet we as a congregation face still more challenges. Consider that this inaugural sermon that I am preaching is the 10th inaugural sermon preached from this pulpit in the last 15 years or since the last long-term appointment. Counting interims who have filled in when the appointed senior pastor has left for various reasons, that's an inaugural sermon once every 18 months on average. So much of this has been for reasons beyond Mulberry's control, and yet that kind of leadership turnover is unsustainable and does harm. That kind of leadership challenge creates other challenges too, like challenges around vision and giving. Perhaps knowing all of this, it's felt like this church has been turning, turning for several years now, spinning, just hoping to land in a good spot. As I read Pastors of Mulberry, 1826 to 1964, graciously provided to me by Carolyn Dominey, I'm sure you're not surprised, <laughs> A History of Mulberry by Bessie Lester Hart, I think the challenges we face are the most difficult and complex since this church almost split in 1890. I was tempted to say the most difficult and complex since the sanctuary fire not long after Ms. Hart finished her book, but as devastating as that was, recovering from a fire has a clear direction, a clear purpose, and insurance money to help. The clarity that comes from knowing the mission is to rebuild after a fire is not found in moments like 1890. At that time, this church was split over whether or not to move the church up Coleman Hill and build a new building and was grieving the loss of 50 key members to Vineville. Because of the division and corresponding discord, the church was shrinking, finances were struggling, and there was disagreement over future direction. According to Ms. Hart, only the nationwide financial panic of 1890 stopped the church from splitting as the money for a move evaporated. So, here we are in 2022, facing perhaps the greatest challenge we've known in the last 130 years. This is very complex. What good does simplicity do for us? What meaning do the words of that tune hold for us? How is it a gift to be simple? How is it a gift to be free? How do we come down where we ought to be, especially knowing the complex set of challenges we face? Consider the author of our psalm. The psalmist faces a complex set of challenges too. Actually, the psalmist is speaking on behalf of the whole people of God. This is a communal psalm written on behalf of the people crying out to God. 
They're pursued by enemies who wish them dead. They need vindication for their captors, the Babylonians who hold them in exile, look at their trouble and mockingly say to them, where is your God? The people of God do their best to remember when God had been faithful in the past, but it seems that's all they can do because they don't see much faithfulness at the present moment. The psalm starts nicely enough. As the deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. You can imagine a nice tranquil stream where a nice doe is quenching her thirst. But such a verdant scene is not the case at all. This is a dry stream with a deer who cannot find water. The deer longs for the flowing stream because it's not there. There's drought. There's a lack of the basic necessities of life. So much so that the psalmist says, my tears have been my food day and night. Some translations say, my salt tears have been my bread day and night. Noting how even the most essential ingredient in life is in short supply and that they feel God is far away, not present with them in their captive condition. The psalmist faces a complex set of circumstances. Speaking on behalf of the Israelites, the psalmist shares how they've been turning, turning, spinning out of control while in exile in Babylon. Their complex set of challenges seem insurmountable. Where is God? Why hasn't God rescued them? They face challenges of faithfulness, of maintaining hope despite their desperate circumstances. And they face challenges of food and water and shelter. They long to return to their land, wanting to experience the presence of God again and to know the joy of being in the temple in worship. But all of that seems like a dream, not possible. For they wonder if God has abandoned them. Life is chaotic in this psalm, and throughout the scripture they beg and they plead for God to show up, to provide as they once knew God's provision and to have God answer the doubters definitively, the ones who say to them, where is your God? Perhaps we can relate to that. Maybe we at times over these past years have said, where is God? Where is God when trouble comes? Where is God when the storms come? Where is God when COVID comes? Where is God while our churches decline? Where is God in the midst of denominational uncertainty and division? Where is God in the midst of the particular challenges facing us as a congregation? Where is God? What guarantee do we have that we will come round right? How is it a gift to be simple? Where is there freedom and simplicity? How do we come down where we ought to be, especially knowing the complex set of circumstances and challenges we face today? What hope do we have for our church this morning? Note with me that despite the complex set of challenges facing the people of God in this psalm, they always return to a word of hope. Three times, no matter the difficulties they face, they declare, hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help, 
and my God. How could they hope? Near the end of the scripture, the psalmist makes this request of God. Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. They ask to see God's light and truth to inspire their hope, wanting to see where God is moving and active so that they could know that God was with them. Trusting that God will do this, they say encouragingly to one another, hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. Friends, I stand before you today to testify that I already see the light and truth of God leading this church. I see God's light and truth in making outreach, whose strong ministry to our friends who face the challenges of homelessness and poverty has continued unabated despite COVID and despite the challenges we face. If you ask someone random on the street about this church, the first thing they will probably tell you is about making outreach. It is a tremendous witness to this community and does good for those who need it the most. I see God's light and truth in the Children's Center, whose operation continues and which enjoys a strong reputation in our community. We are making a difference for the children of our community. I see God's light and truth in our worship. We have a strong, beautiful, traditional service that has continued despite the challenges we face. And that includes the amazing music that we enjoy on a regular basis. When I was at seminary at Candler attending chapel, I thought I might never be appointed to a church that could match the music I enjoyed there twice a week. This church has proved me wrong. Worship is central to our identity as a Christian people, and this church continues its strong tradition of worship. I see God's light and truth in the laity of this church. I continue to be in awe, not only of the dedication and time given by so many of you to this church, but in the sheer number of you who are giving of your resources and time to support the ministry of this church. You love Mulberry, and it shows. I see God's light and truth in the external focus of this church. When churches face challenges and find themselves anxious or concerned, the instinct is to turn inward. It's natural to focus internally to try and fix things. But churches who do that forget that we are called to mission and thereby hurt themselves in the long run. This church has not forgotten its mission. As I have interacted with you, the questions and comments I receive are very rarely, how are we going to address our challenges? But much more often, how can we help those suffering on the streets of downtown Macon? What can we do to provide housing for those who face homelessness? How can we become a more vital part of downtown Macon? How can we better support Macon? How can we better provide for the children and youth of our community? Those are the right questions because they relate to our mission to share the heart of God from the heart of downtown Macon. And so we can hope for our future, and I am hopeful for our future, because there is already light and truth to be seen in this church. To be sure, we definitely face a complex set of challenges. There will be difficulties ahead. Sometimes they will feel insurmountable. 
That's when we turn, looking for where God is calling us afresh and anew into mission. Sometimes we will have to bow and bend in humility, accepting defeat or understanding that God needs to humble us. But complexity is no match for God. Complexity is no match for a church on mission. And we are a church on mission. There's difficult work ahead, but God is with us. When we practice simplicity, when we focus on the mission, being authentic in doing so, and trusting God with the rest, our complex challenges find their resolution because God goes before us, paving the way. We have that guarantee, which means we do indeed have a guarantee that by turning, turning, we will come round right. And let me say, I'm aware that my work in particular will be challenging, will be stressful, and sometimes will seem overwhelming. But I mean to be here for the long haul. I am eager to work hand in hand with you to meet those challenges head on, to seek God's face and to further the mission of this church to share the heart of God from the heart of downtown Macon. Together, we will face the challenges of the future, building upon the good work that is already here, the firm foundation that has been left to us by our forebears. This is what it means to practice simplicity, as God is calling us to do. It means to focus on the mission, be authentic in doing so, and trust God with the rest. So let's practice simplicity together. That means first, seeing everything through the lens of the mission. It sets our vision, it charts our course. There will be turning, there will be bowing and bending, but we will come round right. Practicing sharing the heart of God from the heart of downtown Macon, letting it set our course is a key to simplicity. Second, practicing simplicity means believing in ourselves. Churches are not monoliths. Like individuals, God has gifted each church differently to be an expression of part of who God is. We are gifted in traditional worship, gifted in service to the community, gifted in a strong tradition of the laity, and gifted by the generosity and hard work of our forebears. We will build upon that, never seeking to be something we are not. Authenticity is a key to simplicity. Third, practicing simplicity means we will trust God with the rest. There will be times where we will have to make decisions based on faith alone, not sure how it will all work out. But if God has called us to it, God will pave the way. Faith means believing in advance what will only make sense in reverse. Let us practice that kind of faith, for it is a key to simplicity. And let me add, practicing simplicity means encouraging each other by sharing with each other where we see the light and truth of God moving in this church. God is here. God is always with the church. Sometimes we have to bow and bend and be humbled. Sometimes we have to turn and turn, finding our way in order to see God. But God is here. God is already doing a great work among us. Helping each other see and celebrate God's work in our midst is a key to simplicity.
together, let's practice simplicity. Let's focus on our mission, be authentic in doing so, and trust God with the rest. As we encourage each other to see God's light and truth among us at Mulberry Street United Methodist Church. In coming weeks, I'll be sharing more about simplicity, reminding us that it means to focus on the mission, be authentic in doing so, and trust God with the rest. But for today, let us say this. We face a complex set of challenges, but we will meet them head on. We'll turn, we'll have to bow and bend, but we won't be ashamed, for to turn, turn will be our delight, because by turning, turning, we together will come round right. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.